Fire brigades, ambulance, priests on the side of the road blessing us and yeah, it was horrendous. And I had the 10 hour surgery the next day to put in all the nails and plates and whatever else they used to rebuild me and I had a stroke on that night then after the surgery. You know, how am I going to be the mammy I was? How am I going to be the wife I was? How am I going to be the person I was? And what she said to me was, Fiona, I drove here today. She hadn't driven in six years. She went to cognitive rehab, which she didn't think she was deserving of, and she is now driving. She is now living her life. Hi there, I'm Jerry Stevens. In 2017, I suffered a bleed on my brain, causing a stroke and has changed my life ever since. I thought it would be a good idea to speak to some stroke survivors and share their journey. Even if you haven't been affected by stroke, these are compelling positive life stories from stroke survivors. They're doctors, physiotherapists and cognitive experts that I've met as part of my ongoing recovery. They have some amazing stories to share and advice to give. And over the coming weeks on RTE Radio 1 Extra, we'll explore them with you. Uh, my guest today and stroke survivor is Siobhan Leonard. Siobhan, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Jerry, thanks for having me. You're married, you've got a young family, busy household, I'm sure. Mm. Um, take me back six years, uh, the week of your stroke. What was a typical day like for you, Siobhan? Busy, busy, busy. Nothing else to say. You know, two young kids, myself at the time, they were seven and 12. And I minded two other wee kids, so four kids under the roof, school runs, different schools here, there, dinners, homework, lunches. A Same si- as every Similar other story for a lot of listeners. Country. Yeah. 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 Tell me, how did your stroke come about? What happened? Um, my stroke came about on April 21st. I was driving home from Mammy's. I was only a mile away from home um, on the Old and Lear Road. And... Unfortunately, a lady that was after having a couple of drinks crossed over onto my path of the road and it was just a head-on collision, just bang. Do you remember what happened? Yes, do you remember it happening? Or yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. You remember do? everything, fire brigades, ambulance, priests on the side of the road blessing us and yeah, it was horrendous. Goodness me. You suffered some very serious injuries, Siobhan. You broke your tibia, yep. your fibia, mm-hmm. your femur, the C6 in your neck. And your arm. Yeah. They were horrific injuries. Yeah. Did you know what was going on at the time? Or were you you drugged? Were you out? Or you do remember most of it? I remember snippets is the best way to put it. You know, I remember a lot of it being on the road. I remember being brought into Our Lady of Lords. I remember meeting Mammy and Daddy, Barry coming in. After that, he must have been sedated. And I had the 10-hour surgery the next day to put in all the nails and plates and whatever else they used to rebuild me and I had a stroke on that night then after the surgery. Hospital Registrar Dr Zool Khalil. Siobhan had um, a carotid artery dissection. So a dissection is when you have a tear in the lining of your inner blood vessel. So when you have this tear in the inner lining of the blood vessel, blood seeps into in between the layers and it clots up and when it clots up it travels upwards and can cause a stroke. So in the context of Siobhan she had major trauma and therefore she would have damaged a little bit of the inner lining of her um, carotid artery um, which is the main uh, main blood vessel that feeds your brain. Um, And as such Siobhan had a, um, a stroke as a result of a carotid artery dissection. I'm guessing that you were you were out for this. You wouldn't even you didn't even know you had a stroke for weeks. 
Weeks. Oh, weeks. Goodness me. Yeah. You, what would have been your earliest recollection of being coherent, you know, to actually know I'm in hospital, this has gone on? Um, I would guess maybe three to four weeks. Definitely knew I had the stroke till I, you know, fully came around from all the medication, the heavy meds they had me on. Um, you know, been actually oh my God, I'm sore here, I'm sore here, but why is this um, this leg not moving? Why is, you know, nothing this side moving? God, forgive me, why am I in nappies? You know, it's just... And then slowly Barry started drip-feeding me information and the reality started done. You remembered the accident when you... when you Did you remember the accident or they had to tell you? No, no, I remember. You remembered, yeah. you remembered. And then you have to deal with the stroke as well. Yeah. So there's an awful lot going on. Mm-hmm. And you're in incredible pain, I can well imagine as well. What was your biggest worry, um, you know, when you came around in hospital? What was your biggest worry at the time? The children. The children and Barry, you know, when you're lying there and you can't move and, you know, nothing's recovering very quickly. So, you know, you've a lot of time to lie down and think and think and think. And yeah, definitely main worry was the children and Barry and you know how am I going to be the mammy I was how am I going to be the wife I was how am I going to be the person I was before this Can you remember who actually told you you had a stroke or, or how did they do that was it the doctors the medical team had told you No, no Barry told me He told you yeah. Now he told me I don't Do you fully comprehend that news do you fully I think it took a long while for it to actually sink in what was actually happening and you know from doing it yourself the doctors are coming in and talking to you and they're asking you the simplest of questions to try and test your brain and it's just pure frustration because the answers are here but can you get them from your head to come out your mouth it just it doesn't happen it just doesn't happen this it's mu- very scary this must have been a very very worrying time yeah. for for Barry your husband and indeed for the whole family yeah. I think at the very beginning, the journey looked very bleak. I remember Barry asking, or telling me he asked the question, Barry and Mammy probably, where do you see Siobhan 12 months time? And the answer they got was being able to maybe sit up in the bed with the help of two nurses. I'm glad I didn't know that at the time, Jerry, to be honest, because I don't think you would even get the fight within yourself if doctors are sitting telling you, no, you're not going to sit up again without being helped to sit up or you're not going to. So I think at the beginning, the prognosis Definitely wasn't great stroke-wise. Um, but then something just kicks in, something... And it is thickness, it's fight, it's fire in your belly, whether it's for your children or your partner or your parents, something kicks in. And I remember even, you know, as well as I do, you know, the rehabilitation is very slow and, you know, one minute they're clapping you for being able to sit in the bed for five minutes without fainting. The next minute, just standing for three seconds without fainting. And I remember actually being able to walk to the door of the bedroom of the ward with the help of the two nurses and the Zimmer frame. And it was huge. It was absolutely huge. And the kids were delighted. And the nurses had it right up on the, you know, the billboard, the poster boards. And I got up the next day and I couldn't do it. I was just flattened. I was so flattened. You know, I thought once I when I made that journey once, I will, I'm going to be able to do that every day at least. I couldn't believe the next day when I couldn't get up and do it. Our bodies are on a different page than we are. Yeah. They cheat yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they lie. <laughs> they fool us. So it must have been a very big responsibility for Barry uh, and your parents indeed to, to have to 
to, to take on. Mm. Have you ever discussed that with Barry, how difficult it was for him? Yes. Good. Yeah. He's not a talker, but we have discussed it. We have discussed it. Because we're Irish, we hide bloody everything, don't we? It's just a man thing, isn't it? I think it might be an Irish thing too. No, no, it's a man thing. <laughs> it's definitely a man thing. So at what point did you feel, um, I am getting stronger? You know, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm piecing little things together. Whereas I'm able to get out of the bed. I'm able to stand up. I'm able to put a couple of rehearsed manoeuvres, because that's the way it was with me. I was able to put together some rehearsed manoeuvres. Did you start feeling confident then? You were building, you know, you know, maybe this isn't so bad? Yeah. Um, for me, after three and, three and a half months, maybe, in Drogheda Hospital, they brought me down to the Louds um, to another great team of doctors, nurses, physios, all the rest of it. Um, but they put me in a self-contained flat so you had your bed and your kettle and toaster. And Dr. Murray used to say to me, I want a cup of tea on the table when I come in. You know, so you had to, you know, physically, which would take huge effort out of you to get up and actually make him a cup of tea and have a sit in there. And of course, Barry jumped in the bandwagon. He'd be saying, I'll have a ham and cheese toast. You've been, I come in at 10 o'clock, you know, so I get up and I get the ham and cheese. But it was a great way of preparing you for going home, for getting you used to the little tasks that you were going to face when you go home. So I couldn't say enough about, you know, the hospital staff either in Trada or in Dog, you know. You begin to get more efficient. A little your, bit more your, independent. Your confidence yeah. is sneaking back. Yeah. It's sneaking back. And do you get uh, some home visits? Are you allowed home maybe at, at weekends for, for the odd visits? Yeah, for the visit? couple of weekends before I got home, we were allowed. I even had a couple of sleepovers, actually, in my house. Um, allowed home just for, you know, the Friday, maybe Saturday night. Which is great while you're doing it, but I was just devastated then when you'd have to go back, you know, and you were looking at kids crying, I was crying. Probably the only one that wasn't crying was Barry. He was probably glad to get rid of me for another couple of days, send her back up and... <laughs> <laughs> it's just a roller coaster. It is just a roller coaster. I have the same, and it yeah. is amazing to get home. Um, but I think the hardest part of it was great on a Friday, get, you know, going home. Yeah. On the Sunday evening, having your dinner... It was like the Last Supper. I'd always remember the tears would be dropping into the plate like nearly, you know, before you do. Oh, no, it's horrible. But it does get your mind out of the hospital. Absolutely. It shows you, you know, I can do this. I'm able to get yeah. around. I know what it's going to be like when I get home because I've had a sample. You yeah. know, I've had a test run. So you get home. Everybody's making a fuss. They're over the moon to see you. And, you know, you can't thank people enough for this. And it does lift the soul. You can't, no. and it's not even something you can repay, really, unless no. somebody goes through something similar. You know, you can't repay people cooking for your family for, you know. you did, Look you at know. all the earning you avoided. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so you're home, we'll say, a couple of months. Yeah. And maybe the phone doesn't ring as much as it used to, and there's not as many people. I suppose they're lending you get on with things, because people see you, you're walking, you're talking, aren't you doing great? Yeah. Did you find yourself getting a little bit isolated? Yes. Yeah. Now, in fairness, as you say, the phone calls stop coming. But, you know, at that point, you should be the one making the phone calls where I kind of, I don't know about you, I isolated myself. And I know I did that to myself for a good, maybe 12 months, 18 months. Do you think, was it subconscious or it was a deliberate thing? I think it was deliberate. I, yeah, I do think because in my head, I kind of knew I couldn't hold the conversation I used to be able to hold. On the other end of that is, 
you're that exhausted, you know, you really, you know, to say, oh, I'll pick up the phone, I'll ring X, Y, Z, one of my friends, and you knew, oh my God, I'm going to be holding the phone for half an hour if I ring her. You're just... And I used to say, like, when people were ringing the whole time, it was the most attention I ever got, but yet it was the loneliest I ever felt because you still weren't communicating with people the way you used to and you still had this kind of in the back of your head the whole time. Like, You know, it, it is a side effect of a stroke that you don't always have great days and, you know, we need to gear ourselves for this and we need to kind of cheat if we can at all yeah. by, you know, either sharing with other people that have had strokes or understanding that at least, you know, this is a character, a characteristic of what is what we've gone through. I know, but at the time, I didn't realise this was a, a side effect of stroke. As I said, you, you know, it wasn't until we started in RD 2018, December, I didn't realise all this was part of a, a side effect of stroke, you know, really. Now, that's m- maybe me being a bit naive or... But really, it wasn't until you know, the five and a half years later that I realised, oh my God, Siobhan, all these feelings that are going on in your head and emotions, these are a side effect of a stroke. The tiredness, the emotions, the the up and down humour, you know, just... How did you package it at the time? If you, you know, you're obviously wiser now, but at the time, what, what did you put it down to? At the time, I near drove myself mad. <laughs> I really, you know, drove myself, and then, you know, being irritated with the kids and... You know, just little things, little things. At the time, I probably put down to anger over the accident, period. You know, I was angry. I am angry. I'll probably always be angry. But it wasn't totally, all these emotions aren't totally down to a car accident. They are a product of a a stroke that I just didn't realise at the time. You had a good mindfulness. You were using the the app. The app, How did you find that? One of the counsellors there uh, suggested to me. And it worked? I found it worked, it worked, particularly in the day, the long days when the children were at school and, you know, I'd just go in and pop me buds in my ears and, and it would just take it away for that 10, 20 minutes and you were kind of resting unknowns to yourself because you were lying down doing a bit of mindfulness. And Is, I, is fatigue a problem for you, Siobhan? Do you find you need to rest during the day, you need to recharge, switch yeah, off? very much so. Still? Still, six years later. Now it might only be for half an hour, but unless I take that half hour break, I'd go out for my walk in the evening. I wouldn't be able for a walk in the evening. I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to function again at nine o'clock, put it that way, properly. If I can take you back to November 2018, you get a call from the stroke nurse, Fiona, who's a great friend of ours here yep. on the show, and she's offering you a place on a cognitive rehabilitation course going on in RD. Mm-hmm. Now, this has never been done before. It was very much a pilot scheme to see how it goes. Um, how did she sell it to you? What did you expect? I don't know how she sold it to me because I was very dubious at the start and I'd be much more so, oh my God, no, somebody that's only after having a stroke, you know, six months ago, 12 months ago, would need this more than I did. And she really, she was very persistent. She kept going and she kept, as Fiona does. Um, I don't know how she got around me that day on the phone, but she did. Clinical nurse, specialist in stroke, Fiona Connachton. Siobhan, I hadn't um, met Siobhan when she came in initially with her, um, I suppose, stroke, her road traffic accident. But myself and Siobhan's paths crossed 
probably, I think was probably about two years later when I started working in the hospital. And the staff on the, ro- on the ward remembered Siobhan's case so, so well that they thought she would make a great nominee for the Irish Heart Foundation Stroke Survivor um, Award. So I got in contact with Siobhan then and her name was put forward. The Irish Heart Foundation did this amazing video with her and her family and she won an award. And I suppose, to me, all appeared well. All appeared, I suppose, rosy in the garden, if you'd like to put it like that. But I, in my own naivety, never realised the level that Siobhan was struggling. And when it came to the Cognitive Rehab Group, making that phone call to Siobhan, her words to me were, is there not somebody else that's a little bit more deserving of this than me? I said, no way, Siobhan, this is for you. And I met Siobhan recently in the hospital and a family member was admitted and she was up visiting. And what we never knew was Siobhan hadn't drove her car since that RTA accident six years previous. And what she said to me was, Fiona, I drove here today. And I think that says it all. She hadn't driven in six years she went to cognitive rehab which she didn't think she was deserving of and she is now driving she is now living her life 16 week course it was a quite a commitment really if you think about it it was four months you were saying yeah i'm going i'm going to attend this yeah i'm going to give it a go yeah so what were your expectations when you started to be honest, I really don't think I had very much expectations when I started. Probably maybe because I've been through the whole counselling route and maybe because it was six years, you know, I really thought, well, six years later, there's no point in me doing anything like this, you know, whatever. I've been left with, I've been left with, you know, six years is too late to kind of flip it over and change around at this stage. But it was great. It was great. Like, if you remember two weeks into it, I had to drive myself over and that in itself was... An achievement. Oh, I come in and I was just rattling. Were you surprised the difference it made to you, Siobhan? 100%. 100%. And just to say, Fiona had contacted me a couple of years ago to go on, it wasn't a CBD, a CBT course, it was another stroke group. And I did agree to go to it, but when I got to it, all the people were there were in their 70s and, you know, a much older group. So when I arrived in RD to see you know, a lovely room full of young people and, you know, like-minded people. It was just... I think that's a sign of stroke in more recent years yeah, now. The absolutely. demographic has changed so much. Yeah. Were you nervous the first week or two? You know, not not too sure what, what was expected of you or indeed what was expected of, of anybody? the first week. Now, the first week I was very anxious and I had myself wound up all week going to it. And, um, but to be honest, as soon as I walked in that room and you see like like for like like minded people who have been through you know similar things to what you've been through it was just it was great it was absolutely brilliant you know as as we were going through the course and Neve would go into you know in depth into you know things that go wrong mm. that you you know you're recovering from a stroke and you know when you feel this way or you feel that way that's actually stroke yeah. Was there a relief for you? I think for me it took away a lot of, I'm not saying took away the bitterness and the anger I had in me because I literally put everything down to 
oh my God, this lady did this and she took so much away from me that night on the road. Like she took, she took my legs away. She took, you know, she took my ability to have more children away. You know, she took so much away that night. She, um, that to go in and listen to Neve and find out, well, actually, Siobhan, you're not feeling that way because of that. You're feeling that way because you had a stroke and that is, you know, a real side effect from a stroke. It was, it was, it was very refreshing. Cognitive rehabilitation doctor, Neve Rowe. Um, Siobhan came to the programme and I think Siobhan was slightly different to the rest of us is that she was quite a while since her injury occurred. It was over six years. Um, and I think she came in not understanding, so realising what was going to happen because she had six years back at home where the rest of you were quite recent um, when your stroke occurred. So there was a big gap there of a lot of stuff that had happened for, to Siobhan. Initially, Siobhan was very quiet, very introverted. Um, I think guard, guided, uh, sort of sort of guarded, sorry, uh, surrounding about how to interact with others. Um, I think the main thing Siobhan got from the programme and what I've observed over is again the confidence. I know I keep talking about confidence, but no other form of rehabilitation will occur unless your self-esteem is back up. If we're feeling low, if we don't have the confidence, no sort of improvement will happen anywhere else. So um, for Siobhan, I think the fact that she got quest- answers to questions that she had for six years that nobody had been able to address them, she began to understand why she was feeling a certain way, why she was behaving a certain way. And that through that acceptance, she learned how to move forward with it. Another big thing for Siobhan is that she had become very isolated over those six years. And even the fact of her coming to the programme was a huge thing, mixing with a group of strangers which became friends by the end of it um, I think that was a huge thing because it gives you some sort of independence and control but belief in yourself so the huge improvement um, and then levels of cognition have improved and now Siobhan I worked with Siobhan on again to keep her moving forward to keep getting back out into society and not to be isolated she attended as you mentioned earlier um, stuff with regard to her family big events which was huge for her Uh, she has since gone on different sort of mini breaks and holidays and now she's looking at going back into mainstream education uh, which is a huge thing she's a young woman with a lot to give and she now has the belief in herself and the strategies attached to the cognitive side of things in order to move forward in her journey. I'm sure Barry noticed a big difference, your husband, in you over the week, as the, the weeks were going on or or did it suddenly dawn on him? Did it take a while? Uh, I think it took a while. I think it took a while. And not that it probably took me a while as well to actually accept that, oh my God, yes, this is really working, you know, this is doing good for me, this is, I've met XYZ friends and, you know, we're on a little WhatsApp group and, you know, as I said, even just throwing out questions that even still I'm coming across like a couple of weeks ago was the skin to skin treatment. I had never heard of that. So to be able to actually jump onto a WhatsApp group. Hey, guys, have any of you heard of this? You know, it's it's invaluable. It really is invaluable. The couple of buddies we've made Excellent. throughout Excellent. the course. Um, what plans do you have now, Siobhan? What, what goals are you setting yourself? My 12 month goal is hopefully again Christmas this year. Obviously, we have a car, but Barry works shifts, so I only have a car half a week. So, again, Christmas, I would love to have a car full time on the road and hopefully in January enroll in some sort of college course. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Sounds amazing. And do you think the the course in early has given you this confidence? Absolutely. Absolutely. I never would have thought I'd be able for um, 
it just even the concentration level it takes, you know, just for little things, you know, little. So hopefully that's that's my end goal. That's it sounds fantastic. Siobhan Leonard, I think you should be very proud of how far you've come. And I also think you should give yourself more credit for how brave you've been and the progress that you have made. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Continued health and success in your ongoing recovery. And thanks for joining me on the Strokecast. Thanks very much, Jerry. Next week, we'll be talking to Aaron, an MMA fighter who was only 23 when he had a stroke. I was getting ready to have my third MMA fight. I kind of came back to my senses. I could kind of see again because my vision had gone. I'd blacked out, but I didn't I didn't fall or anything because I am so young. They were like, no, it's, you're so young. It couldn't be stroke. It was a blessing and a course at the same time. I'm a world champion now in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Get in touch on Twitter at Strokecast IRL or on Facebook. The Strokecast is produced and presented by Jerry Stevens. The executive producer is Al Dunn. It's created by Unique Media.